Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. In this episode, we've partnered with Autodesk Construction Solutions and we'll be looking at how construction firms have coped with COVID-19 and how it has exacerbated problems that have been around longer than the current crisis. It is by now a topic that sadly needs little introduction. It has impacted everyone in the last year, changed lives and livelihoods, overturned entire sectors, and altered the global balance of power. Our way of living and working has changed, and only in the last couple of weeks has hope appeared in the distance, as two vaccines appear potentially viable, offering protection in up to 95% of people who receive them. While this offers us hope that the coming years will be brighter, we are still very much living with the virus. And like every other industry, construction has been affected. Some have been hit worse than others. And in this episode, we will be looking at the results of some research into how the industry has been coping. But behind statistics and percentages, fundamentally, businesses are people. So this is where we will start. Majorly changed all my work, basically. I've lost 80% of it this year. This is Simon Raddings, a Yorkshireman and a contractor who normally directs 40 people, working on contracts primarily for schools and office refurbishment. But now... I've got eight lads going at the moment, but we're doing small, just people's houses, bathrooms, kitchens and things like that, which is not the way the business is set up to do. And it takes a lot more time up and a lot more energy. But this is necessary to keep his remaining core staff employed. Simon says that it's not that the work has vanished. It's still there. And demand, in theory at least, is strong. The work's still there to do. The schools, well, a lot of it is with me, is the schools are getting bigger. The housing's getting bigger all around these schools. This is in the Harrogate area, in North Yorkshire, where Simon gets a lot of his work. He says that he expanded one school to take 300 pupils, and shortly after, it was already looking at expanding to 900 to cope with increasing demand. But because of the COVID coming in, they've had to split the children and all this lot. It's, it's all put off, and they're not sure about the funding now and things like that. Just, it's just all up in air, really. There have been challenges, with administrative staff on the client side changing, meaning that he has had to rebuild relationships with new people. And some of his subcontractors have taken more stable interim jobs in warehouses. It is procurement, the reliability of his supply chain that has been causing Simon the most difficulty. It seems like we can't finish jobs because of plaster. There's a very big shortage of plaster all the time. Simon says that sometimes he tries to procure supplies of plaster, but he is just given a few bags, not nearly enough for the work he normally takes. Now I want a pallet full, mate. <laughs> we don't do small jobs, do we? <laughs> so ordering things like that six weeks, eight weeks in advance, and then you get the answer is things like, well, if it comes in, the makers, but everybody just closed down. But with plaster, it goes off. So if I even stored it, it's within a month, it's gone off nearly anyway. It's one of their products. It's usually made and gone. You just get told by our merchants all the time. It's just when it comes, mate. No one's telling us, oh, we're not getting told delivery dates. It's just when it comes. 
The same issue with timber, more supply disruptions. Went the other day to order a load of timber. Again, they had no in stock. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of getting weeks of ordering again. Which isn't too bad. It's just it, you fall behind with jobs all the time. And it's got a knock-on effect. And obviously, as we fall behind, I earn less money. And the labour reductions have meant that Simon also has to help out on-site. I've sort of had to go back on tools with them as well, a few days a week, just to keep it going, you know what I mean? Which is getting harder, because I'm, I'm sat here all day, quoting jobs. But although the work needs to be done, it's not materialising for Simon. I'm still quoting, but everybody's scared of spending the money at the moment, especially offices. Nursing homes, I've, I've got so much work that I had lined up with them, but no one dare go in again. We only got in about four weeks ago. We did a week's work and then got Tom's leaving again. His strategy is to soldier on and not draw too much on government loan offers. I've, I've had one of those loans, but I don't want to take any more loans out. It's pointless getting into debt anymore. I think I can keep above water as long as I just keep, keep me edging and just keep going, really. It's just the amount of little bits of work I'm having to do and change my men around and keep an eye on them more. It's just a bit of a difference from being on site and, you know, having 40 men on site and getting, you know, it's just a bit of a change around, but it's what it has to be. But despite all of this, he is still optimistic. Next year will be all right, sure. I'm always looking ahead. The impact of COVID-19 has been mixed, and not every company has been as badly hit as Simon's. Next, we travel south from Yorkshire down to London. To meet Paul Hagen, owner and director of subcontractor Churchill Construction. The business mainly gets involved with... Roofing and cladding, so shopping centres, that kind of thing, commercial buildings, also um, office maintenance. So we've got contracts like with Barclays and State Street where we look after their buildings, new builds, refurbishments, also a little bit of IT, um, because obviously we put new things in, so a bit IT solutions like internet things, the cloud, that kind of thing. So the IT bit comes on top, but obviously you get more work from that because obviously you get, you get a job in and sometimes you find out I need other things as well. Yes, generally those along those lines. Paul has had a very different experience of the UK's measures taken to combat COVID-19, even during the more extreme initial lockdown. Well, the first time, the first time obviously the lockdown happened, we didn't we didn't finish, we didn't start lockdown until about probably in middle of April because the construction industry were the last lot to kind of to kind of stop working. So we just obviously then went became furloughed. So we got paid and we got we got loans and that and everything from the government up until kind of end of July because we went back in August so it only affects us the first three or four months really. And lockdown too? The measures being taken by the government in November as this episode was being produced? And then second time around it's not really affected us because we're, we're still at work construction wise. Obviously our, our, our office is shut but we, we do a lot of client visits etc so I was on the train yesterday still meeting the supplier in Leeds. So for Paul, the demand side business impact has been limited. But he too has had supply chain problems. 
the client training's been a bit difficult because obviously they've got people on furloughs, production. So one of the biggest things is like is one of our biggest companies we use Rainham Steel for our obviously steel. But at the end of the day, it's not a problem because the client who who doing the job for knows it's a kind of a massive issue as well. So there is at least an understanding. So it's a case of like, look, we can't complete this job because we haven't got the materials. And they go, yeah, it's fine. So it's a pretty kind of straightforward process, really, because obviously you've got the you've got the obviously client who wants the job done. But if you haven't, haven't got the right materials, you can't um, complete the job. So it's been OK, luckily, not, not been too bad second time around. Aside from this, changes have been reasonably easy to incorporate. We've bought another server, so obviously you can all work from home. So everyone during the first lockdown could obviously work from home. But to be honest, there's only it's about 35 in our team. We've only probably got about six or seven who actually do the admin work. The rest of it are roofers, plumbers, joiners, um, architectures, graphic designers, engineers. So they obviously just have their own. They're on 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 the go. And when we've got all the workstations, like the smaller workstations we use, so a few changes, but not too much really. To be honest. Paul has also seen prices go up, but this has also been manageable. He says that long-term relationships with his suppliers, stretching back 15, 20 years, have all been helpful to keeping well supplied. He was also in a good position to request government support. Yeah, luckily we've been all right actually, because obviously a few people I've know have had issues. We paid all our VAT on time, all our bills on time, all our tax on time. There's a few people in the industry that have not really done that. So the problem is, these people I know have literally, what, what help? But obviously the government said, well, where's your three years of receipts and your tax returns? Because it, it, it clearly states that when you ask for a bounce back loan or you ask for a grant, you've got to show, obviously. So luckily, we, we've got a good, good accountant and we've got, we've got everything intact for the last three or four years. So it's quite easy for us. We got an initial ten thousand pound loan. That was a ten, that ten grams actually kind of another you know, thing to help you. That's free. That covered rent, and the, and the fifty grand bounce back loan we've used a little bit of that, and then we've got furlough payments. Where the government would pay seventy percent, then increase to eighty percent of a worker's salary, which could then be topped up by the company if they chose, which Churchill Construction did. The couple of people, smaller companies, who have probably struggled because they've, not, they've, they've let people go, and all of a sudden, they've let people go, and the government announced, well, we can give you help. Well, we should, we should have announced that two months ago, but generally, I'd give them an eight out of 10 for their um, handling of the financial of it. And I can speak that, for, I can obviously speak from other friends who work in the industry. Government have been really good, yeah. But in summary, Paul feels that he is in a good position, at least as long as the lockdowns end soon. I don't think COVID's really had a major effect on us, because I said before, we do roofing and cladding, and we were the last people to get furloughed anyway. Yes, obviously, we've had to cut back on certain projects. There's certain projects we, we can't do because, obviously, we haven't got, we've had to let, say, let staff go, but they're only contractors, you know what I mean? So they contract for us or someone else anyway. So all our full-time staff are still with us. So, obviously, the bigger concern is is... is like anything, I think we could handle one or two lockdowns, but any more of these lockdowns, I think it's going to struggle. To truly understand the impact of the pandemic on the construction industry, Autodesk Construction Solutions commissioned a major survey amongst 375 owners, main contractors and subcontractors in the UK and Ireland, all with direct involvement in tendering or submitting proposals to bids. 
Like many other sectors, the construction industry has been severely disrupted by COVID-19, and businesses are facing a highly uncertain future. But at the same time, construction will be at the heart of each nation's recovery. Construction projects will stimulate the economy and provide crucial jobs. The research effectively became a snapshot of industry confidence in the age of COVID-19. Here is Autodesk's Amanda Fennell, discussing how the initial plan to conduct research was in the pipeline long before the pandemic hit. We don't normally carry out research for new products. The rationale for this research was just to help us to discover a little bit more about the market. Some of the problems are long-standing. A lack of skilled labour in the workforce is not a COVID issue, but it has been exposed by the pandemic and the report makes interesting reading. For example, Just 24% of owners and 19% of main contractors say that it's easy to find qualified subcontractors for projects. But simultaneously, subcontractors are able to submit proposals for only 50% of the projects that they see. 86% of main contractors and 78% of subcontractors admit that errors are routinely being made in tendering although a common complaint was bidding documents being released on a Friday afternoon, without the immediate possibility of clarifications. 24% of owners and 23% of main contractors are expecting the kinds of projects they do to change following COVID-19, while 28% of subcontractors say that COVID-19 has prompted their business to work in new sectors, a story that Simon Raddings would recognise and 31% of main contractors have experienced reputational damage to their company due to working with a new subcontractor. And for 38% of owners, reliability is more important than cost when it comes to contractors, while main contractors are focused on transparency, 35%. In general, main contractors are worried about productivity and labour shortages, while subcontractors are worried about poor profitability. In some cases, companies have been compelled to complete work even without materials. But in other cases, leniency has been the policy. It has been a mixed bag. With companies moving into new areas and people having to tender for work that they might be perhaps less experienced with, risks to the business do emerge. The bulk of the survey focused on four areas. The first one in terms of process of procurement, we asked the respondents what technology, if any, that they used to invite, to submit and to review tenders. And what we found from that was that firms used a diffuse set of software to manage their bids. Email was the most popular tool, followed by a combination of Google Drive, Microsoft Excel and Dropbox. And what we discovered was a fifth of owners and subcontractors also had a custom solution that they created in-house. The second area of research was to look into the value of partnerships. So the trust between owners, main contractors and subcontractors is a central force behind successful projects. And that lends to a strong collaboration which can underpin the success of a project. Um, so what we discovered was that more than three quarters of owners worry that the work that this, that's been delivered by the contractors will be either poor quality are delivered late. And then around half of the main contractors share the same concerns about their subcontractors' quality and also their punctuality. 
and then in turn the main contractors and subcontractors were concerned about performance of their own businesses. In terms of their own ability to meet agreed deliverables for projects. The next area of focus for the research was the impact of COVID-19 on the respondents. And it was clear from what they, the findings that, that we got from them was that there has been disruption to the existing relationships and it's putting pressure on the firms. So as a result, some of them are looking at new markets in order to adapt and survive. But more importantly, in relation to procurement, there is huge focus on choosing the right suppliers to help keep up with the continuous demands that they have. So it was very clear that the respondents felt that COVID had made their businesses really, really difficult to navigate. And in terms of project disruptions, Owners felt that 79% projects disrupted, 53% for main contractors, and 43% for subcontractors. Amanda feels that the research does have its own positive signs for the industry. While they've been living with challenges for a number of years, the COVID-19 pandemic on top of all of that, you know, hasn't, hasn't helped them. I think that there's some good insight in terms of how they feel they need to you know, kind of level down to make sure that their businesses succeed. I think the, the power of the relationship and building those trusted relationships are key. With the procurement process, it is the first stage in the build. And if, if there's errors, if they don't get it right there, then the danger is that the whole project can go off budget, the timescales can, you know, get hit significantly. And also in an industry where relationships are so key that the, the value of keeping a positive relationship, keeping, keeping in with the other people in the supply chain are critical. Amanda is naturally most interested in the technology habits of the industry. The companies are suggesting the role that technology might play in helping them for their survival. Construction has traditionally not been a huge uh, adapter of technology, but there is a role for technology to help to streamline and to smooth the processes that they have. Bringing us to the reason Autodesk conducted its industry survey to begin with. Amanda says the research was part of their move to bring their builders platform beyond North America and help the construction firms to build stronger relationships to succeed in a challenging market. Building Connected is essentially builder's network. It's a real-time crowdsourced network, which is powered by uh, Autodesk. So what it does it, is it connects the owners and builders to the right trade partners for their projects. So companies no longer have to kind of research, you know, rely on their own research or Google search or you know, a relationship, somebody that they've worked with before to find subcontractors in a particular area so they can tap into the information in this builder's network into managed tenders and to quickly build the right team that they need. So it provides a network of construction professionals that helps to find qualified collaborators. It also has some digital tools that support tender management. So it helps to centralize in one place and streamlines the administrative tasks involved in both issuing and responding to tenders. And it also includes built-in analytics, which can help spot mistakes in tenders and mitigate risks. So one of the things 
you know, if you don't know that a tender is out there, then how can you respond to it? So this helps the companies to be linked in to what's happening in their business. And one of the key things is it's because it's a crowdsourced network, it helps to build on the power of the relationship and that trusted relationship that the companies have in the industry. The industry faces uncertain times, but with the potential of a vaccine in the new year, many respondents to the survey see brighter times ahead. With the right tools available, companies large and small can position themselves well to adapt to the new challenges. The work done on site is to the same standard. In the world of COVID, it is the preparation work and the decisions made far earlier that are critical. With new budgets being signed off, and a lot of work to be caught up on, 2021 is a whole new year. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. Our producers are Alex Conacher, Bernadette Ballantyne, Rian Owen, Ross McPherson and Tim Sheehan. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Rian Owen. Sound Engineering by Ross McPherson, Series Supervision by John Young, and our own supply shortage is Rory Harris. Special thanks to Autodesk Construction Solutions. To peruse the results of Autodesk's survey in more detail, or to check out their Building Connected service, please check for the links in our show notes. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn.